thanks for stopping by again. Another OMN Coffee Shop conversation. As always, we're in World Cup Coffee and Tea at Northwest 18th and Gleason in smoky Portland. I'm Tom D'Antoni, and with me today is Pablo, who with Ricardo make up the Ojeda Brothers, leaders of Sabrosa, the heir to their legendary funk Latin band of yore, Rubberneck, who tore it up in the late 90s and the first part of this century. They were neo-soul before there was neo-soul, and the new band fits right into the pocket that's so popular now. Pablo was the bass player, Ricardo was the singer and guitar player. They've been making music since they were kids, and they might never stop. They have a crowdfunding thing going on to help get the Sabroso album out. So how about let's meet Pablo Ojeda. Pablo, welcome to the cupping room. Thanks for having me. Our home here at World Cup Coffee and Tea, Northwest 18th and Gleason, as it has been for 111 of these before this. <laughs> um, it's nice to see you. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Good yeah. to see you. This is not the first time uh, I've done anything on you guys. <laughs> you guys meaning you and your brother and, yeah. and whatever band you have around you. <laughs> It always tends to be some variation of rubberneck. Yeah. Well, that was the first one. I did that. You, you had a gig at the Crystal Ballroom. Yes. I did a TV story on. Yeah, on uh, OPB. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Organ Art Beat. That was, what a night. That was a night. Oh, that was great. Oh, really a great show. Boy. I wonder if you guys were ahead of your time back then. Um, I think so in some ways, yeah. There's so much soul music now, you know? Yeah. And, and it wasn't then. Yeah, I remember we for a while we had some interest, um, record label interest from uh, Blue Note, uh-huh. uh, and they came back and said, "Well, we we just don't really know what to do with you guys because you're not really straight jazz, and right. you know there's mixtures in there, and we yeah. don't know what demographic you would fit in." And this was like, I mean, you have to think this was pre uh, Dave Matthews, pre like sure. you know uh, Ricky Martin, you know all yeah, of that yeah. stuff uh, when Latin came out and. Um, you know, so they said, you know, we're, we we like you guys, we like what you're doing, but we just don't know what to do with you or how to market you. And then, you know, of course, shortly after that, um, you know, I said Dave Matthews because how do you define Dave Matthews? You know, I mean, he's right. it's not really a particular genre, and he had a huge college following. And, yeah. and then, you know, then the mixtures of, you know, rap and funk and um, uh-huh. then Ricky Martin, you know, with the Latin and all that stuff uh, exploded and... You know, it kind of, kind of got left behind a little bit there, but you uh, had a great logo. Oh yeah, the rubber made. <laughs> rubber made, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and then, uh, yeah, and then we we had some uh, lawyers tell advise us against that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So um, the band is now that you've got now Sabroso. Yes. What does that mean? Sabroso is Spanish for flavorful. Okay. But in Spanish, they use. Uh, those kind of terms to describe not only food but also a rhythm or uh-huh. you know uh, music or I mean it can be almost anything you know you can jump in the water and say that the the water is you know delicious or yeah you know that kind of thing yeah. so. so why did you guys decide to get back to the funk because you, you you were you, what was I'm sorry what was the trio that was uh, Toque Libre was right the Toque Libre right. Right, right, right so we've kind of it's almost come full circle yeah. almost like we 
when we had rubberneck we did like 90 percent funk yeah and then there was a little bit of the the latin stuff sprinkled in there you know fully you know it's like well we're kind of missing the funk a little bit we came out with a little project called brothers O, and that was just kind of like a i don't know like a one-off just got it out there to get it out of our system uh, but then we decided you know let's start integrating some of the stuff that um, rubberneck did let's start putting in the horns again yeah. you know we got uh, a keyboard player dave fleshner um joined us who was you know been playing he played with curtis Salgado a lot for, he does a years, lot yeah, yeah. Was on the road with curtis right yeah he uh joined the band um and then we asked uh, ward griffiths who was our percussionist she is the great oh she's the, awesome the, she's the the most under i mean un, nobody's discovered her yet yeah you know yeah, and she was playing cajon, and we said, hey, uh, you know, what would you think of bringing your kit out and maybe doing a few songs on kit? She's like, okay, you know, which, you know, the the initial gig was just bring your cajon and that's it, you know, yeah, easy yeah. tear down, easy setup. Right. Um, so then we started splitting our sets up where we would do some of the straighter, you know, Latin tunes on cajon, and then she'd go to kit and we'd play some of the funkier stuff. Uh-huh. And it's just been evolving like that. So now it's just kind of gotten back to a more even split of the funk and the stuff that we love mixed with some of the Latin and, and more traditional Latin stuff and, you know, with the full orchestration. We still have Carl Smith on, on percussion playing congas and all that, timbales. Um, so, yeah, it's just almost come back full circle. Who else? Um, let's say on the album we have John Nastos on saxophone, oh, yeah. uh, Paul Mazio on trumpet. Nice. Yeah, and Paul actually recorded with us on our very first like full-length uh, CD, Nosotros. Really? Um, he recorded some solos on that album, so he, it's you know kind of going back, you know, with that. Yeah. And, uh, and then, like I said, uh, Dave Fleshner on keys. Uh-huh. So that's pretty much the whole lineup there. And uh, Ricardo does vocals. Yeah, he's doing the vocals and the guitar. Um, I'll be doing a little bit of backup vocals on there. But yeah, just stylistically, just trying to meld the two you know get yeah. some more of that funk that we love because we were missing it just doing the straight latin stuff and then uh you know mixing it more with the latin uh-huh. and so you got a kickstarter thing going yeah it's actually uh in indiegogo okay is the uh there's you know they, they those things have exploded in the last few years and there's so many of them and we kind of learned the hard way with kickstarter um if you don't reach your goal, you don't get to keep anything. Right. <laughs> so we had one of those before. It didn't really work out. So uh, we did the Indiegogo, um, and they let you keep whatever you uh, raise, and we're at like 42% of our goal now. The goal's uh, uh, $5,250, and we're like at $2,100 right now. So we're almost halfway. Um, Is that the fund of the album? That's the fund, yeah, the current album. Um as you know, uh, we have rhythm tracks recorded. Uh, we still need to do vocals and, yeah. you know, finish it out and then do all the printing and pressing and all that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, if you make it, what do you think it might might uh, might come out? Uh, we're hoping for uh, probably, I would say, October time frame. That's a good time to... That's yeah. A good time. Yeah. Yeah, it all depends on, uh, you know, like I said, the funding and, and getting that scheduled studio time. At, we're at uh, Falcon Recording Studio uh-huh. where we recorded El Nino and all, yeah. uh, basically all the Rubberneck albums. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Carter over there is amazing. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been around forever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so who's the older brother? Ricardo. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Just by a couple of years, though. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
And did did he start playing first, or did you, or, or who, who? How did that how did that work? He started playing guitar first, yeah, um, as a teenager, and then when he would leave, because he was always the social one. So when he'd go out with his friends, I'd go and grab his guitar and start trying to teach myself how to play. Did he know that? I don't know if he did. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, you know, I liked the the guitar, so eventually I got my own guitar. Uh, played guitar for a long time. I, Know, maybe like six years or so and then um we liked playing you know since we're brothers we've always liked making music together and yeah. i was like well it doesn't really work to have the two guitars you know so i got interested in bass started playing bass and then we formed the band when you first when you when you the two of you when you i, I guess when the, like i said two of you started playing together when there was two guitars in the house <laughs> <laughs> what what kind of stuff were you playing Oh, back then. (laughs) Back then it was more, you know, rock and heavy metal. I mean, Uh you know, back in our teen years, high school, that kind of thing. And uh, my parents hated it. (laughs) uh, Would you play other people's tunes? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Like like who? Uh, Let's see. I'm trying to think of what we we did. uh, I think we did Foreigner. (laughs) Did Hot Blooded. (laughs) Did uh, Van Halen Unchained. (laughs) Um, I think we did uh, some Deep Purple. I mean, it was kind of all over the board. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that was, yeah, the two guitars, you know, distorted guitars. <laughs> <laughs> Were you playing with, with other people, too? I mean, yeah, we had a band in Texas, um, some friends, and we'd play, you know, some shows here and there. But uh-huh. yeah, it's, Where right, in Texas were you? Right outside of Dallas in Irving, Texas. Really? Uh, and how long, did, how, when did you move up here? Um, I I was about 13 uh-huh. when we moved up here, and my brother stayed. Um, I was about 13, 14, somewhere around there. My brother stayed to go to uh, North Texas State, uh-huh. and he uh, studied jazz there for a couple of years. Uh-huh. Then decided that, that wasn't for him. <laughs> 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 yeah, he was. Uh, I think he was in the mindset of you know that this is a great, great foundation, but I just want to get out there and play. Yeah, you know, I don't yeah. want to be stuck here studying it all the time. You right. know. So. Because he's a rock star. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he always, he always jokes. He's like, I just wanted to rock. I know. That. <laughs> and what about you? You, you, you? The two of you are so interesting to watch together <laughs> because he's so out there and you're so there but solid. You're the rock. <laughs> and he's the rock star. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's pretty much it. I mean, that's the uh, kind of our uh, our personalities as well, too. I mean, uh-huh. I'm more introverted and more. If we're playing a show, I tend to be the one that when we take a break, I'll just go sit in a corner and <laughs> you know kind of gather my thoughts or whatever. And he's out yeah. there, you know, mixing it with the crowd and hey, you know, <laughs> let's let's get some drinks and you know. <laughs> Seems to work out. Yeah. Definitely, we do uh, complement each other pretty well. I think. Uh-huh. Is is there uh, this, your brothers? There's got to be some kind of rivalry. Um, not really so much anymore. I think yeah. you know when we were younger, uh, you know, because he was the more outgoing one, yeah. and and yeah. you know, yeah. being a lead singer, it's like right. all the girls want the lead singer. Who wants the bass player? <laughs> <laughs> all the girls that didn't get the lead. Singer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, I'd see a girl out there dancing, like, oh, that girl's beautiful. I'm going to yeah. talk to her when we take a break, and, uh-huh. and she'd be looking at me, you know, watching me while we're making eye contact. I'm thinking, you know, this is this is great. And then I step off stage and say, hey, you know, I'm introduce myself, and she has no idea who I am. <laughs> I was like, I was just on stage. You didn't see me. We were looking at each other. <laughs> That's funny. Um, 
so when did you when did you guys start? What was your what 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 is your funk influence? So initially, because I started on guitar and I started yeah. you know listening to rock and heavy yeah. metal, um, my first introduction to funk was were things like uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers and uh-huh. uh, Living Color because they were kind right. of mashing up the funk and yeah, the heavy yeah, metal yeah. and. Uh, but then I was reading interviews with them, and they were saying, "Well, our influences are, you know, Sly and the Family Stone, right. and yeah. um, you know, James Jamerson, you know, for the bass, and Stevie yeah. Wonder, and all these, you know." And I was like, "I got to check these other bands out." And then, you know, pretty soon I was like, "Ah, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Ugh, I'm not going <laughs> to listen to them anymore." <laughs> yeah, as soon as you heard Larry Graham. Huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then from there, you know, you, it's kind of natural progression to start listening to a little bit more jazzy stuff as yeah, well. You yeah, know, start listening yeah. to Jaco Pastorius and Victor oh, Wooten and all those guys. And I wonder how many people did listen to. I wonder how many bass players oh. listen to Jaco Pastorius and put their bass away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should. I haven't learned yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, jeez, um, <laughs> one of a kind. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, uh, your early bass heroes, James Jamerson, mm-hmm. who else? Um, of course, Jocko, yeah. um, uh, Marcus Miller. Oh, yeah. Yeah, from the beginning. Uh, the first time I heard him, I was just like, yeah, that's it. That's that's the kind of stuff I want to be able to do. Uh-huh. Uh, so, for him for a long time. Um, let's see who else. Uh, Michelle and Dege Ocello. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a big, big influence. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then later, Victor Wooten, you know, I discovered him. And it's well, like, these, wow. they're, they're all kind of melodic bass players, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. More than like a Larry Graham, who's a total percussive bass player. Yeah. So that's what, you, that's what you're like. Yeah, I mean, I enjoy, yeah. I enjoy like the, the really flashy, you know, uh, yeah. technical stuff, but I also enjoy like the James Jamersons where they're yeah. just laying down this solid groove. And, and yeah. if you like study the groove, you know, it's melodic. The lines are, you yeah. know, amazing. Um, so, uh, so he moved back up here, and, you, and did you, have, have you put a band together? Not right away. I mean, I was still uh, kind of playing with the guitar there and messing with that. And he came up and went to audition for different bands, you know, trying to, uh-huh. to get some kind of musical presence up here, but just was getting frustrated. I, I think one of his first auditions was at the Red Lion, and. He didn't like the band at all. I don't, I don't even know who it was. It was like some cover band, and he's like, "Oh, this is just not for me." And um, that's when we talked about, you know, maybe we should put something together. And then I started playing bass, and we started kind of playing just the two of us at first. And then, you know, let's find a drummer, and they kind of progressed from there. Were there bands? <coughs> excuse me. Were there bands put together before Rubberneck, or was that the first one? Uh, no, Rubberneck was pretty much the first. Um, you know, before that, there were some different musicians and things, and we didn't really jive. You know, we started doing some things and never didn't even have a name <laughs> for the band. And uh, and it wasn't until we had a drummer named James Travers uh-huh. um, that we kind of settled into the, the rubberneck uh, thing. And well, were you two playing any Latin music together? No, no, not really, really? at all, no. Yeah, it was mostly just the straight funk stuff. Well, actually, at, at first it was funk, and then like a little bit of we were more experimental. You know, yeah. um, there might be some more well, rock. Did you hear things. Latin music at home? We did. Yeah, my parents always listened to a lot of Latin music at what home. What did they listen to? Um, you know, a lot of it was just stuff on the radio and things that we yeah. you know 
wouldn't really be able to identify like uh-huh. you know uh, more traditional stuff uh, we were born in chile so yeah. listening to some more of that but then also um you know things like um now i'm blanking out on his name um but just music, you know, like more of the South American, uh, almost Indian music, and uh-huh. then also Brazilian music. And yeah. I mean, they were just fans of music overall. I mean, my dad was a big Beatles fan. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they would listen to the Latin music and cumbias and things like that. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. also, you know, loved disco when that was big. <laughs> <laughs> Did they play any instruments? Yeah, actually, uh, my mother studied piano in a conservatory uh-huh. when she was a kid. And my dad played... Um, uh, guitar in a band when he was in college to make some extra money. And uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, they did Beatles covers. <laughs> <laughs> so did they ever? Did you, you did you ever play with them? Never played with them, but um, I think that kind of helped. That we had a piano in the house yeah. all the time yeah. and yeah. a guitar sitting around all the time. So uh-huh. once we started having interest in music, I mean, before we played instruments, my brother and I would uh, would sing. We would make up, um, you know, just vocal melodies and sing together. Uh-huh. And then you know, Metal. hey, there's a guitar here, there's a yeah. piano here. Let's play what, what those. Kind of t- what, what kind of songs did you sing? <laughs> was, it, was it rock? Was it metal? Or was it, what was it? Uh, you know, I, I don't even know how I would describe <laughs> it because you know there was no. It was just the vocals. You know, we would just like har- try to harmonize or just you know just make up little melodies. That I think a lot of it also was we took. Um, you know, my parents had a, a big book of Beatles songs uh, oh, that my mom had uh-huh. at the piano and we'd uh-huh. just go through there and yeah. flip through and like oh I think I've heard this one before and try to <laughs> you know sing it <laughs> um, I, I seem to remember they, they showed up at a Rubberneck concert or two. oh they come out to yeah. all of our shows yeah. as many as they can yeah. yeah yeah they're very supportive yeah yeah and so the the, the um, it really did look like when I got here you guys owned the town. I mean, you, you, you did really interesting things like when we had North by Northwest here, mm-hmm. you know. Well, you didn't, you weren't part of that, but you booked the Crystal Ballroom during that <laughs> festival. That was that was a really good move. Yeah, it worked out. Um, well, and, and I think we kind of learned our lesson by the very first North by Northwest. Uh-huh. We said, this is great, you know, because we'd heard of South by Southwest. And we're like, we got to do this. It's, you know, big exposure, all this. So we went through the whole process, registered, and you had to pay a fee and all this stuff. And they also had you sign an agreement that you wouldn't play any shows, you know, two weeks before or two weeks after. So you're basically, you know, out of gigs for that month. Um, And we did a, it was like a, a co-headliner type thing with the Five Fingers of Funk. Oh, man. And they were Pete, big. Pete just released a new record. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I heard the, the <laughs> first track off there. It's, it's yeah. awesome. But, um, yeah, we played that show, and it was absolutely packed. I mean, just jam-packed. And then um, we talked to some people. Um, I don't know if you remember Dan from Locals Only. Um, talked to him, talked to some other people, and they said, yeah, we heard that none of the A&R people were at that show because it was too crowded. <laughs> so we kind of learned our lesson, you know, like he, he told us that, uh, and I don't, you know, if, if people are familiar with locals only, it was really the only place around here that, that sold all local music, you yeah. know, and you could go pick up all of the greatest stuff uh-huh. at the time. And he said that he had these A&R people coming in during that week of North by Northwest and just what's the top selling stuff. They bought all those CDs and then didn't go to any other shows. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. 
So yeah, then we we learned our lesson there. So we we did that uh, book, the Crystal Ballroom, so the yourself. next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, wouldn't you like to return to those? Not to return to those days, but re, you know, have have Sabrosa, you know, have that kind of following again? Yeah, definitely. But um, I mean, I think things have kind of changed. I think, at least from what I've seen, it's. It's kind of a different scene out there. I mean, it's it's very difficult for local bands now to yeah. do those kind of shows at the Crystal Ballroom, the big shows right. like that. And right. um, it's just kind of different. And I think as we've gotten older, so as our our audience, and now it's just like a little bit more of. Um, I think that's why we did well at Jimmy Max when it was when yes. it was open, because yes. it was you know our crowd is a little bit older and a little bit more sophisticated now, and they want to go and they want to sit down and they want to enjoy the music right. as to you know before it was the, the college crowd you know the the yeah. dancing sweaty right. you know right. packed houses kind it of sure thing. was yeah <laughs> so totally different you know it's yeah. like now it's I mean people still dance but I think it's more of a sophisticated crowd and they they yeah. they really want to enjoy the music like almost like a jazz kind of uh, environment, you know, clap after solos yeah, and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I do a, uh, I, I DJ at the Joe Bar. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I do my, my soul and funk like, like I do on the radio, and I can't get my friends to come out because <laughs> I, I, I spin from 10 to midnight. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I mean, when we played Jimmy Max, we would start at eight. Yeah. And and that was, you know, that was pretty good. But if we say, yeah, we're starting at nine or ten, oh, I'm in bed oh by yeah, I don't know if I can make it out. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have a show coming up um, on August twenty sixth at the Jack London. That's a good place for you. Yeah, and that's. Uh, I mean, that'll be our first time there. Nice. There's a little bit of dancing room. You know, it does start a little bit later, so we're trying to round up people to, you yeah, know, it's like, yeah, oh, no, I don't know. That's, I, that's an interesting, interesting spot for you guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Mel plays, Mel Brown plays yeah. there. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a what it was, is it a nine o'clock show? Uh, well, they they have an opener, and I'm not sure who the opener is oh, yet, because okay. it says with special guests. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, but we'll be doing, you know, the headlining slot, which I, I believe yeah. starts at 1030. Oh, boy. Yeah. I'm in bed by <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we're excited to play there. I mean, we've heard a lot of good things, and with the uh, absence of Jimmy Max now, it's kind of hard to find uh, a, a good, you know, kind of jazz environment. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, I, just, I just hold on. I just I have to... My, my com this computer wants to restart. Uh-oh. The updates. <laughs> I don't want it to do that. Postpone. <laughs> All right. Yes. Fine. 5.30 p.m. is fine. We'll do it then. <laughs> it has happened in the middle of one of these. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's just that, oh, oh. Thanks <laughs> for the update, Bill. Uh. <laughs> 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 um so let's, let's talk, talk a little bit about Toque Libre because that was, I mean, uh, that was a really sweet sound that you had uh, with the three of you. Yeah. You know, how did that, that come together? So that was actually um, another guitar player named Mehdi Farjami. Yeah. And he was very into the traditional flamenco um, and then from there, you know, more of the Latin stuff and him, him and my brother uh, started playing together initially, just the two of them and they were doing more like private things and um, little wine shops and 
then they wanted to kind of branch out and start doing regular gigs and that's when they asked me to join and we did the trio for a while and then uh, we got uh, Ward Griffiths to play with us on Cajon but it was all pretty much yeah just the straight Latin stuff a lot of the flamenco style mixed in there and you know after a while it just we wanted to branch out a little bit more and start doing more yeah. of the other stuff well, you got to bust loose sometime, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I must feel good. It must feel good to get you know to to get down and funky again, though. Oh yeah, definitely. And with uh, Toque Libre, it's funny. I don't know how this happened, but we all would sit down. You know, we'd bring chairs out. We'd yeah, sit down, yeah. and uh, and and the style lends itself to that. You know, sure. I mean, it's 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 that nice you know flamenco Spanish stuff, and and it's just more that kind of vibe more mellow vibe but now that we're playing the funkier stuff and ward is playing kit on a lot of the stuff you know we're like let's let's stand up again you know it's just <laughs> it's just a funny decision you know like let's take the chairs out let's stand up again and, and it's yeah. such a different vibe you know to to actually be able to to move around and and, oh, yeah. and get into it and, yeah. and i think the audience feels it as well you know? absolutely yeah. yeah that's great well well welcome back to the funk it's good to be back <laughs> we missed you <laughs> Um, because I mean, it's amazing how many people, you know, vividly remember Rubberneck. It's oh amazing. yeah, you know, it's been, it's been twenty years. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. I got here in '97, so I guess I did that story in 90, in 2000, mm -hmm. and you know, and, and the band didn't last that much longer after that. Yeah, I think we wrapped it up in maybe 2004, 2006, somewhere around there. That was. How did you feel when that when when you had to do that? It was actually okay. It felt like it was time. Really? I mean, I think we got to a point where we could have just indefinitely played yeah. the same clubs, same circuits over and over. And it was like, you know, this is kind of getting a little bit old. You know, I still enjoy it, but we could do this forever and nothing would change. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so we felt like it was kind of time. Okay. Well, geez. Um, all the information about the uh, the, the Indigo Indiegogo is will, will be up on the page here. Okay. And um, I would love to be able to play one of those tracks, but I know I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I was talking to my brother do you about have, trying do you to. Have anything, do you have anything? Any, any, anything recorded? That's what I was. I was talking to my brother about. Maybe we should try to at least finish like one song that's like completely finished that we yeah. can send out. Uh, but yeah, no, there's nothing that's completely done yet. Okay. Um, at all? I mean, not any any videos or anything? Uh, okay. No. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, you know, we'd like to hear you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> okay. Well, good luck with the Jack London, the uh, Jack London gig, and and um, and congratulations on uh, keeping on. Thanks. Thanks for having me here. Thanks.